pride of Limerick, a young man named Sean Sheehan. The MMA media, Don Graham McDonald. The severe MMA people that are coming to the local shows way before everyone else. To see them coming up and they're getting their shot, and I'm proud that people are coming up with me. Welcome, welcome everybody. It's episode 171 of the Severe MMA podcast. And this week, I have the greatest legend in the history of Irish MMA media with me as Graham takes a break. And I'm joined by the legendary Pizza Carroll and his dog Reggie. Pizza, how are things? How's it going? How's it going? I thought you were going to say Gus Ryan after that introduction, so I'm glad that it was me. I was like, holy shit, is Gus doing this as well? <laughs> Who would you put as the top five legends of Irish MMA media? Go on. Let's do, uh, I'll put you on the spot now. You asked for it. Graham. Yeah. Graham is like the Jesus. Uh, then, obviously, like yourself, Andrew. Um, it's all just a very lads, really. Dave, Dave Fogarty. Um, and Dollar Dollar Billy, I'll probably. You wouldn't put yourself in it at all? Like, oh, come on. Uh, like, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Mr. International now, you know what I mean? Like, that's <laughs> me, Ariel Owami, you know, whoever else. <laughs> Literally no one else, is there? It's just just the two of you. <laughs> just me and him fighting out every year. Yeah, how are you getting that well, actually in MMA fighting? Tell everyone. You know, you're as you said, man's gone international now. Check the statistics. You know, you left Irish MMA behind. <laughs> I, I missed our Irish MMA now, so you've I filled your the void you've left by doing absolutely nothing. Hurt the hard things. How are you getting on anyway? Well, it's grand because nothing's happening anyway, right? Yeah. Like, you know, it costs like seven million. To put on a fight in in um, Ireland with the amount of brain scans lads and easy as they anyway, so there's nothing you're not missing much, I wouldn't say. Yeah, and we we'll get into Irish MMA and stuff in a in a while, but um, we we'll start off with the UFC and stuff. So if anyone's listening for Irish MMA, we we'll get to that uh, in a while anyway. But some weekend, uh, it's yeah. still a thing. It is that Irish MMA, yeah. <laughs> Not for long, not for long. But, uh, <laughs> some uh, some week in the sport, wasn't it? World Cup final, Limerick beat Kilkenny for the first time in forty five years. Dublin won in the football. Just what a weekend, unreal. Were you out, were you out drinking beer, having barbecues? I was. I was. I was really heavy on the carcal all week. I must say, yeah, it's been um, the World Cup. It felt like everybody was saying it to me though. The the good weather in the World Cup just made people turn into alcoholics this month. I think it did. Yeah. Although I hadn't, I I drank one twice in this month. Maybe I've uh, myself and the lads went out in the piss in like six weeks time or something, and I've nothing between dinner and now, and I've just had an insane summer of it. So I said I'm not drinking for like next six weeks. So I'll try not to do that. But you'll uh, you'll never know. It was like what some of us saying there the other day. It's like this is a summer people will remember, like with all the good weather and the unbelievable World Cup and just great hurling matches and stuff like that. It's it's one of those, you know, we look back, 2018 will be a summer that people remember, I think. it's. Yeah, it's absolutely. Yeah, I, can't rem- I can't remember it ever being this warm or yeah. anything like that. So, I mean, it, it, it's great. Uh, and the football always helps as well. Yeah. It was raining here yesterday, though, which, <coughs> is, which is terrible. I, I don't even know what this rain is anymore, you know. It's fucking... <sighs> I didn't see much outside world yesterday. Yeah. I was in the pub, and then a line picked me up, brought me home, and I continued my... Um, my session at home so i can't really remember what the weather was like <laughs> <laughs> and now you're here but uh <laughs> all right let's let's get into it anyway let's get into the um the ufc from the weekend and it was down in boise idaho which was actually pretty a pretty good crowd i didn't really know much about boise or anything but it seemed to be pretty lively all the fighters afterwards seemed to be talking about boise is this great uh Great town and great city, and it was a it was a pretty good card as well. And I suppose let's get to the let's get to the main event first. Um, this minute main event was obviously Junior De Santos versus Bile even of which I fell asleep after round two, and I really, I really didn't really need to watch the rest of the fight, even though I did afterwards because it was just 
it was basically the same fight for five rounds, even of trying to throw a counter to JDS's uh, shots and his his jab and everything. He landed maybe two of them throughout the whole fight, but it was a pretty a pretty standard five round fight, wasn't it? Yeah, it, it, I mean it was fine. You know, it's it's pretty much what I expected. If it, you know, from from, from the Santos, um, ex- exceptionally hard debut I thought for Ivanov as well. Like I mean, Jesus Christ, put him in there against Dos Santos, uh, chip on his shoulder, coming off that suspension as well, and like that's what you what, what you said. It's completely right. It just felt like Ivanov was sitting back waiting for it to catch a pot shot as uh, Tuna Santos landed the big right hand. It, it didn't really happen for him at all. Um, it was pretty clinical and composed five rounds from DeSantos, I thought, and he, he won another canter, I thought. Yeah, I was the same. Like, I was I was expecting him maybe to do a little bit more. Look, oh, basically what happened from the start. Junior Santos looked, you know, he looked good with his his jab and his, his one-twos behind it. I thought he, after the first round, when Ivanov caught him with that big counter right hand and kind of cut his eye a little bit, I think he changed it up a little bit more. And I was talking, I did the, the rewatch during the week over on uh, over Patreon. I was talking about his variation. What That's what actually makes JDS great. But for the first round, he was kind of very samey. I think he was looking for the big finish early and it, you know, it wasn't coming because I even of is you know he's a tough fucking Bulgarian bastard. You know, you're not going to knock yeah. him out very easily. And he changed things up. I think in the second he was working the body a lot more. His body shots. I think he's the best body work in all of MMA. To be honest, I think that was absolutely brilliant. Um, and you know, even I've got one more big shot. I think in the third round, and but that was uh, that was basically it. What what did you think of like? Do you think JDS has slowed down? Do you think he looks different? Do you think the year out did him a little bit of good to help his help his chin and all that, or is he is he getting on an edge? I I think he looked pretty much the same. Like what I what I expected him to look like. I did. I wasn't like, oh my god, what's happened to Junior DeSantos? You know what I mean? It's like yeah, that's pretty much exactly what I what I imagined I'd see. Um, he fucked. Uh, you know, when we see him go to distance, he generally only uses that range. He style, nipping in and out, and he's just uh, he's generally too like fast and, and, and hitting the guys too clean for the usually to compete like I, I thought like even off was kind of advertised as the sambo guy and stuff but he did nothing in the clinch anytime he was there as well like it, it, he just offered absolutely nothing i thought you know he's going to try and beat Junior de santos in a boxing match basically which was not going to happen um so yeah I, I can't say i thought he looked very different to santos but um impressive all the same and i still do think he has um he has um unfinished business i mean he's a little elite heavyweight i think he's just gonna be in the conversation um forever until he retires basically that seems to be to be the way it is at heavyweight the same guy is kind of popping up over and over again so yeah i mean i don't i don't have any massive takeaways from it to be honest only uh this guy uh was out for a year and he came back and he looked pretty good and he probably shouldn't have been out for for a year um you know, as once again, you sadly seem to have uh, fucked up a guy's career for for uh, some amount of time. Yeah, I suppose the the first point you made, Aaron, even of like, I, I think this was one of those fights that it was an in between card. And you know that if this was a big card, maybe people would have looked into it more. But I watched a bit of Ivanov just as I said for rewatcher, and he, this is what Ivanov does. Like you know, he's yeah. He, he, sometimes he gets into the clinch and stuff, and he you know he gets a takedown and he's grand. But he is the guy who who will just wait and try to counter you and doing that against your understanding as you said over five rounds is not you know it's not going to do very very well for you but for, on the Santos 
I don't think he is what he was in his prime and how can anyone be but I still think he's obviously a very as you said a very functional heavyweight I think he's a, a very good heavyweight probably the best technique and heavyweight the best boxing uh, at heavyweight, the best striking technique anyway at heavyweight and he, obviously he'll stay around for an awful long time because um, because the talent isn't isn't great at heavyweight but for me Junior Santos the thing and the, the main problem with him is he I think he takes damage a lot worse than the majority of, well, maybe not the majority of everyone's, but the likes of maybe even Kane or, you know, whoever else. I just, he wears it very badly on his face. Like, even of... He might have hit him three times. Yeah, he marked up pretty badly, wasn't he? He yeah. was he was marked up worse than even off, and he was battering yeah. him for four, for five rounds. Like, and that's going to be a problem when you're fighting at heavyweight, you know, against against guys who will batter you for five rounds. Like like we saw against Cain Velasquez, you know, a couple of or well, yeah, we won four rounds once in here and five rounds another time. Is it? I can't remember. Yeah, what. yeah it's horrific oh, beatings twice yeah. though. Yeah, they're awful, and that's another thing. Like, you know, those beatings are behind him now. You know, even a year out, you're not erasing those beatings. We've seen it with other guys before, and it's going to be tough. Like, what do you think is next for him? He called out Steve Miocic afterwards. Do you think that's a a rubber match? Obviously, they've fought twice before, and they won all. So, I'm not like, I'm not jumping up and down about it. You know what I mean? Mm. I, I don't, I don't think he could have said any name there, and it would have been like, oh my god, they got to make that one. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's um. That's just the way it is. Um, it, it's it's difficult to see. Like I mean, he he seems to be just kind of a with a guy like DeSantos who's won the title before. I mean, he's probably one fight off being title contender again. So yeah. it's it's gonna be one of those top guys. Um, I'm not I'm not mad to see that Stipe rematch, but I could understand why it probably makes sense now. I mean, there's there's no one that I'm like, oh no, I definitely need to see this next this next. Um, you know, I think I think the Santos uh, and Ngannou would be interesting. You know what I mean? I, I, I don't know, but it's it's just I, I just really don't I don't I'm not really excited about it. You know what I mean? I don't I'm finding it hard to get excited for the Santos. And I think even when you looked at the reaction to that card there, and it feels the same. People are just kind of unanimously meh. On, on that subject at the moment, I think. Yeah, it's it's a weird one in everybody. Like I, I think they should do Francis Ngannou versus Derek Lewis again. I honestly do. I think they do it better the second time. I think they could. Just, yeah, they couldn't do it that they, bad again. Yeah, they, You're right. Yeah, <laughs> they couldn't do it worse. Like, I, oh god, I don't know. But Der, Der, you know, just Derek Lewis. But I think you know. You said Ngannou. I think Derek Lewis versus JDS would actually make a lot of things because you can, you know, you can push JDS back into a title shot. We know, you know, his history with Kane and stuff. Could he get one against DC? Unlikely, but he's a history with Brock Lesnar as well. If, if, uh, if that was a fight that that was possible down the line, you know, if he who's Volkov match with? Volkov is fighting. Is he fighting next week? Let me just look here. Hold on. Because um, I know he was. Remember, he was the alternate there for that the UFC two two six. I don't know if he's matched or what the crack with him is, but he's. Yeah. he's he might be a decent matchup. I know it's Tybora fighting next week. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't think he is. Uh, I don't think he's match yet, or he's. He, I don't know. I'm not 100 sure, but he's another one that's around. There's a lot of those kind of heavyweights that are there, but not really there, and not go, probably yeah. not going to get a shot. Like you know, because Blakes. yeah, because this whole DC and and Lesnar thing, which we'll we'll get to in, in a while, but. Yeah, it's. I suppose my, myself and Steffi did a, a fucking stated UFC address there the last end. When we're talking about heavyweight, it is one of those that, you know, just some division, lightweight is kind of like it as well, but for a different reason because it's so strong, people keep beating each other. Heavyweight, I think, 
it's so weak and it's there's such big hitters in the division as well that people keep beating each other and it's almost impossible for you know new contenders to arise. You know we have blades as, as you mentioned. It's the only way Ghana was a thing. Like you yeah, know I mean that's it's, it doesn't happen in any other weight division. A guy like that comes out of nowhere has barely any experience in the sport hits like a mule and suddenly he's fighting for the world title I think that can only happen a heavyweight to yeah, be honest yeah. or in the, one of the women's divisions yeah 100% definitely um, but let's move on a little bit we'll get to the heavyweight later on as I said we'll talk about DC a little bit um, move, moving down this card Sage Narcot I think he's always a big talking point uh, Sage Narcot he came in here against Zach Otto got taken down um, a couple of times early and in the second round as well but then came back Landed a jab, absolutely shattered Zach Otto's nose, and then finished him with hammer fists on the ground. Were you impressed with Sage Narcot? Are you are you one of these fucking haters that hate Sage Narcot? Think he's oh, useless. Yeah, love, me too. Yeah, I absolutely love Super Sage, and I've met the man, and he's like I, I can't stress how how unbelievable it is to meet that guy and kind of be looking at him from a distance from a long time going like there's no way he's like that and then within seconds of meeting him go oh he's absolutely this is not a joke at all this is exactly what this guy's like all the time yeah. you know having a young fella calling you Mr. Carroll I met him with Jeremy Barr once so I was like what the hell is going on here like he's he's a, he's an unbelievable guy um, I think he's he's great for the sport and and it was really good to see him kind of overcome adversity here and like, let's not forget Otto absolutely blasted him with a right hand in the first 10 seconds of that fight as well mm -hmm. I thought it was over like in the first exchange nearly so um, for him to come back um, and uh, win a fight like that I thought it was hugely impressive and you know um, it's a it's a big scalp for me as well I, like, I mean to think like Otto, Otto is quite a quite a substantial opponent for him so yeah no, I think it's great I think it's a good thing to have uh, someone like Sage who who generates so much interest and gets the fan base talking. I think it's great to have him winning anyway. Yeah, look, I, uh, the thing about Sage Narcot is, I think, look, people, you know, get mad and stuff because they give him loads of, um, because money. they give him lo loads of money and loads of, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, loads of, um, what's the word I'm looking for, promotion. But I think he's a good prospect. You know, he's fighting out of Team Alpha Mel now, seems to be doing the, the things, you know, seems to be doing things right. His father seems to have taken a little bit of a backward step as well, which is good. But he's still around, which is also good, you know, and Uriah Faber seems to have taken him under his wing a little bit. We saw Raymond Daniels, who I know you've uh, you've spoken to before and, and stuff, who's, who's you know, a really legit uh, kickboxer and stuff. And I think the thing about Sage is... I think he needs to get back a little bit to his kickboxing and to his, uh, his karate and stuff. For a while there, he was just too worried about the takedown and all. And maybe touch at Anthony Pettis about him. But I think at the weekend, he, okay, he got taken down. He tried to get back up as hard as he could when he was taken down. When he was on the ground, he didn't look like a fish out of water like he had before. Although Otto did, um, you know, did control him. And there's still, there's still big issues there he needs to, he needs to sort out. Especially, <clears throat> especially... Getting out, like when Otto come, came in and he caught him, he caught his leg. Like a lot of guys there, like Jose Aldo is always the one you look at. That I think the best takedown defense in UFC history. If he he gets caught there, he pulls, pushes the head down, pulls the leg out. You know, and that's it's easier said than done. I suppose, although it sounds simple, but that's something Sage needs to do a little bit better, I think. And you yeah, no, he's definitely, you know, he's definitely lacking fundamentals take, in takedown defense mm -hmm. as well. But I mean, as you said, I think he's in the best place to yeah. to like to because you're gonna have like. Two little tiny lads all over your legs every day when you're training in um, Team Alpha Male, and they're all savage wrestlers. So yeah, I, I think it's a great place for him to be. But you're right; like you're seeing basic mistakes, and and some of the, some of the stuff you're seeing him do from bottom when he's trying to get up is just so counterintuitive sometimes. But the fact that he did get up was is huge for me. Like you know, he actually did. He was able to get back up and make a fight of it. Like whereas before, it was just oh, 
it's over now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, and I look. I think on the feed as well. Like at, at welterweight, his power seems to be there as well. I think, you know, he's this was his first win at welterweight after two losses, I believe. And uh, you know, I think it might be a, might be a good place for him and stuff. And I think look, people need to realize Sage Narcot is a legit prospect. You know, as you said, and we were both saying he still has basic fundamentals that he needs to improve and all. But you know, when you have that athleticism, that power, and that gym behind you, you always have a chance. And I think Sage Narcot really has. You know, we've talked about before, even guys like. You know, whoever Michael Johnson and you know, even McGregor to an extent, but not not so much him. But even you know, if some guys have maybe a bad start to their career and they're an unbelievable athlete, they can always kind of bounce back and come back. And there's always you know big hope for them. Maybe rather than someone like you know a Darren Elkins or something. If he lost five fights in a row, you think okay, this isn't you know this is not never going to happen for him. But when guys like that, you always you always have that chance. And I think people need to realize that you know behind all the all the talk and everything about him, like. What do you think is next for Sage Narcot? Do you think they they move him up here quickly after that, or do you think they they give him a bit of the MVP treatment possibly and give him a few uh, scrubs to beat? I think they should give him like they should build him properly. Like the problem that I, I'm finding in um, UFC is they're feeding guys the lines, but it's actually paying off for them now. Like you see mm-hmm. Taylor Wonderboy, Adesanya versus Tavares, all those like were very like I still don't like that matchups now in hindsight, even yeah. though those guys won. I'm like, what the fuck? It's um, they seem to have a real issue uh, nurturing talent. Um, it's hard for me to say that because, as I said already, those two guys won in that case. But um, we have seen examples of it not working out in the past. You know what I mean? Uh, even Tyson <laughs> Pedro against Ilya Latifi, he was yeah. thrown to the lines very quickly and it didn't work out. Um, and even in Ghana, Steve Amy Ochoa, really like you know, I know it's heavyweight and light heavyweight, and there's really nowhere else to go. But it does, it, it can blow up in your face sometimes. Um, I think the fact that he did struggle in areas against Otto is a huge indicator that, you know, let's slow our roll with this guy. And they shouldn't be in any rush either. He's only 22. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I can, you know, let's let's see him, kind of, let's see him just develop before we start trying to make him into a title contender. I guess. I agree with you. But also, I want to see Sage Narcot versus Mike Perry. I think that fight would be great. <laughs> it would be great crack. And I actually think Sage Narcot would beat Mike Perry. I think Mike Perry is the most overrated fighter in the UFC by an absolute mile. He broke a guy with a fucking broken hand last week, and people are thinking he's great. I think Sage Narcot is one of the underrated, most underrated fighters as well in the UFC. I think he's a lot better than people uh, make out. But yeah, maybe a little bit too early. Maybe give him, give him another couple of fights before that. But I think if you... I think that's a fight you maybe you plan and you, you try to get to. I think Mike Ferry would, would eat up fighting Sage Narcot. I think he'd absolutely love it. And I think Sage will fight whoever you give him. So, you know, that, <laughs> just for the first fight press card, the pre-fight press conference alone, I think, I think that'd be absolutely phenomenal. But um, that's just... I'm just, uh, I'm just wondering what, what, what Noel McGraw would think of you saying that Mike Perry is one of the most overrated players in the UFC coming off a win off Paul Felder. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah, but, uh, but Paul, uh, Niall make the excuses for Felder immediately. They broke his arm. I suppose I did it as well, but Niall will do it even more. See him, uh, Felder doesn't write back to my messages anymore. Terrible. Yeah. Why? Because you uh, said bad things about Niall on the podcast, maybe. Slagging maybe, him a little maybe, bit too much. Maybe, yeah. He's like, listen, just stop talking to him. Yeah. <laughs> we need to punish him. You <laughs> <laughs> just overstepped the mark once too often. And Is Bam Bam Healy still talking to you? I don't know. Um, <laughs> it's a long time since I've been reaching out down damn channels, so <laughs> that will remain unknown. I'm sure. <laughs> oh God, that's great, man. Great, man. Um, all right, there is wasn't much more on this card. I suppose Chad Mendes was the other big thing in this card. Another, another, basically a jab. Or no, it wasn't it? It wasn't him. It was uh, Nico Price. We talk about it in a second, but um, 
Chamindas, Chamindas, we, we get that first. Chamindas landed that big left hand, put Miles Jory down, hit him with a few hammer fists. And the, first of all, before we get into Chamindas and all that, what you think of the stoppage here? Because like he was hitting him loads of loads of shots, but they all seemed to be landing on the arm. The referee told him to move. He didn't really move, but still, the, the shots weren't getting in. Were you all right with the stoppage, or do you think it was a bit weird? I feel like the stoppage, um, like it's one of them things. If I don't actually notice anything weird about it when I'm watching it, mm-hmm. I, I don't like. I go, all right, everyone's getting excited over it. And I was watching that fight, full attention on that fight, and I didn't question the stoppage at the time. And then later, I see everybody reacting to it. So it would be, it would be very disingenuous of me to say, oh, I was, you know, open arms over it. So uh, no, I didn't have a problem with it. What, what about you? Yeah, I was kind of the opposite. I, I thought it was weird when it happened. Like I understood. Why he made the stoppage at the time he made the stoppage because he he did tell him to move and that's kind of what they do. But is like Ryan Loco made the point to me over on Twitter like should he be telling him to move if he isn't getting hit with shots? Like is you know is it are you telling the guy to move if he's standing on the feet and he's blocking every jab you know with with his front hand or whatever? Like I don't know. I I suppose that the argument would be that okay he got knocked down he got hurt he got another big shot he took it when he was on the ground and he wasn't I don't know like should be it, blocking his arms though right because. Uh... Not intelligently defending himself, taking massive blows to the arms. Yeah, like, referees are gonna be like, "Here, listen, man, is you're there, gonna be bruised up like fuck." <laughs> is there any more intelligent defense than blocking every shot that's thrown? Like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> like, there isn't really, is there? So yeah, I do. I actually do have a problem with the, the, the stoppage. The more I think of it, but I look. I think it was only. <laughs> that's funny though. <laughs> Your arms are getting battered, mate. <laughs> what are you doing? I can't let this continue. <laughs> what oh, why is why are the arms? different though why can you not why are you punching the arms why is that just seen as ah he does shot they're not landing but he's fucking hitting him in the arms that's what i want to know Put, what justice for arms hashtag all arms matter that's what i want to, to get chinese burns and shit yeah that's what gunner nelson does that's why he doesn't wear the wraps he wants the chinese burn lads when he gets into <laughs> the mind. we told him we wouldn't tell people the mind of kimuras the mind of but uh what did you think of uh chad mendes how do you think he he looked in the future for him yeah like i was, I was impressed with the fact that you know jury's jury's no slouch and to come back and make a statement there and you know it, it felt like it did inject a bit of energy into the division um and there is guy like another huge win on the night was volkanovsky i thought against the mm. uh, elkins i was surprised to see that buried on the undercard as well i thought that was a I thought it was a really good fight, um, good matchup as well. Um, but I suppose these kind of guys are injecting energy into featherweight, and that was one of my kind of takeaways from that card in general. Like, look at these two guys, um, you know, mixing things up uh, potentially in, with, with some of the with some of the prospects in, in the featherweight rankings. Because I mean, they do need kind of established names to put them over as well. Like, I, I was kind of thinking of the likes of the Zabits and um, guys like that. That. Mendez could really be a huge litmus test for it. So, yeah, I think it's a good thing that he's back. Um, you know, he, he is another weird situation with Usada there. Um, over a year, I think it was, uh, was it some asthma medication or something he popped for? I'm not 100% sure, to be honest. He, he got, he, he's one he anyway. Out, it's like he came out and he was like, yes, this, I definitely did that, by the way. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to do it. Like, so, I don't know, the whole thing's just giving me a headache. Like, I was watching the, I was uh, uh, writing the post-fight report for that, and I think three different people, or two different people on the card, I'm like, oh, yeah, and he was returning after a year of the mm-hmm. USADA suspension, and then both of them were contentious, you know what I mean? So, it's just, 
it feels like it feels like this is the perfect time for the UFC to pull out of USADA, doesn't it? Because there's they're doing <coughs> so many things wrong. This whole Josh Barnett situation was just an absolute mess. The, the, the John Jones situation, what's going on with that? It's just been dragging on for like a year. What's what's even happened? Like, dude, is I've it, lost faith yeah, in it completely. Yeah, me right? too. Like as soon as, as right, if there was one mistake ever, it, it that would have been too much. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? If you're gonna bring something in here like this, you got you better make sure that you've you've everything in order. Like you're like the earning potential in MMA is shit. Do you know what I mean? It's really bad. Like you know, entry level like fighters that get to the UFC for casual fans in their head, they think they've made it. They think they have money. Most people retire from MMA with absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. To take a year out of someone's career, um, and not be 100 percent, and not know that. Uh, some bullshit went down there and to tarnish their names I know that sport is um, the sport has always kind of had um, has, has been involved with, with PEDs when you listen to guys talking about the Pride Days and stuff like that but it's like what was the point in, in, in going from a from a sport that was like not 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 used to this drug testing environment at all to the most stringent drug testing environment of all time and to not have that perfect mm-hmm. you know it's just I, I just have lost faith in it you know what I mean so it's like yeah, of course, in theory, we all want to see a level playing field and guys uh, being clean and people not hurting, you know, people not getting dang, uh, hurt because of PD use or whatever, or, you know, damage being, getting getting more damage inflicted on them because of PD use. I just, I just completely, I've lost faith in it, I think. I'm, I'm sick of, I'm sick of hearing about it. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm the same kind of, like. I, I completely <laughs> have doubts every time now. Yeah, Every time. And too. on both sides, and in doubts, I mean, like, when people are like, Oh, it was a tiny supplement. I'm like, yeah, of course, it's a tiny supplement. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know yeah, I mean? that was. Like, yeah. I think it's it's actually turned. Like, I think every time someone got flagged, you were saying straight away before everyone was yeah. just like, oh, he's he's you know he's on drugs. That's it. And now when people it, get flagged, that was because, an infallible system, though, right? Yeah. At the start, we were like, if he popped that guy's on drugs, that's a disgrace. Mm-hmm. This is infallible. If this is, uh, you know what I mean? It, this this is this is 100. If that guy's out the test and hot, he, he's fucked it up. Mm-hmm. And um. He should be shunned by the community, nearly. You know what I mean? Yeah. And now it's like, well, there's so many things that are going wrong here, and it's it just seems like every single one of them there's an asterisk beside it. Yeah. Uh, so I, I've lost faith in it. I, yeah, I think like it's gone from the fighters being 100 percent wrong to now like, oh, what have you sadder done wrong? You know, <laughs> it's it's that way, and it's it's weird. Like it, I, as I said, it does seem like the perfect time. Do you do you should just pull out of this now because there's too like there's too many innocent people getting done, and is it worth it? Like I'm not sure even what are they even achieving by getting you know. Dr- I think it's making wor- making it worse. Like yeah. I think it, I think people think there's a far worse dr- drug epidemic in the MMA and the UFC mm-hmm. than there is. You know what I mean? Like as in. There's headlines every week about lads popping, and before, even if it was a dirty sport, weren't there wasn't headlines every week about it. Yeah. So now, when people from the outside looking in, people just see this every day, nearly. Oh, this guy. Well, every week, every every month, there's someone new flagged by Usada. Like it, maybe it's just how close I am to the sport, but I don't feel like I hear about this kind of stuff in the Premier League every week when the season's on. I don't hear about it when the Six Nations is on. I don't hear about it. Well, Tour de France, obviously, yeah. but you know what I mean. You don't seem to hear about it an awful lot in every other sport, and for me, it's just happening every, every way too often in MMA. Yeah. Hashtag fuck you, Sada. Let's let's get back to the. No, the but if the system is broken, it's not right. 
Yeah, like, I agree. It's not a fucking. It's not working. So get rid of it. Yeah. Like it's in theory, yes, we all want a clean sport, but that isn't working yet. And you need to really look at the criteria here and make it a lot easier for people to follow this system. Yeah, hundred percent. Because people don't have money to be spent. Like you, like um, I can remember when Siri got tested up in Rhino once. I was there to interview him. And I had to run back to his house and grab all the supplements so they could see them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it's like. Like, Siri was taking barely nothing. You know what I mean? So that was the way he could guarantee that, like, all right, I don't have... You know, I, I know I'm not taking... He just went to a chemist, got, like, a, a whey or some shit that was definitely, you know, approved by USADA and some amino acids that are approved by USADA. And that was the only two things he needed to bring there. Mm. But if you can imagine someone who relied on supplements a lot to, to get a specialist into your team to go through every single thing which to make sure there's it's, it's approved and then sending it off to USADA, just... Logistically, it's it's mental and and it's probably costing people a lot of money that they don't have uh, just to make sure they're clean in uh, in something that's proved to, proved to be uh, wrong so many times now. It's just and the thing about it is Josh Barnett did that. You know, he got all his supplements tested yeah. and everything, and he still got caught. Yeah. So, like, what what are you gonna do? And even like you know, people saying you sad approved. As you said, there's no such thing as you sad approved. You know, Ian Kid was talking about there the other day. There's there's ones that are like clinically tested and all that, but still, that's just their own clinical testing. You sad it on to prove any any supplements or anything like that. So, you're yeah, he's you know. the man to read. Like I can remember, yeah. like he's been like, you know, he's very very um, he's been on that beat for a long time. You sad to be, and basically when you see Ian going to saying, well, this guy got fucked over. Yeah. You know, he probably got fucked over, and I Definitely. believe that was. I think he had an article out just before Boise there, just about Jiren DeSantos. So, you know, if guys like that are talking about how how this system is failing and and it's wronging the athletes, you know, something needs to give. It's yeah. it's ridiculous. And is it, you know, like I can fully understand Bellator not wanting to do this mm-hmm. based on what's happened with the UFC, and I don't think it's like uh, I, I don't think it, I don't look at I don't frown upon Bellator at all because they don't have this in place I think some people do they have a kind of a thing and like oh well they don't drug test over in Bellator and all this crack but I don't know what the fuck they're doing in the UFC either yeah 100% uh, alright let's let's wrap up this card anything else that Nico Price um, obviously the hammer fist KO was Mental. one of the one Mental. of the best KOs ever unbelievable wasn't it that was crazy, man. I don't, I, I've like been thinking about. It. I don't know how he kind of managed to get that pivot point on his head from bottom. I just Do very you, strange. You see him getting like he he got his foot on his neck yeah, or the other side of his head and just it's, battered him. But needs, I don't know. It still doesn't really make a lot of sense for me. But I'm not very. I can't really think about positions practically like that um, at all until I actually do them. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Until you actually, you know, oh yeah, that's that's how that's working. Mm-hmm. I, my brain doesn't work very well that way, so just completely bizarre to me. I don't think we'll ever see that again. I don't know. I th- I think that's one of those things that someone's done it once and someone'll do it again. You know, it's like the scarf being kicking soccer. We saw a fucking Mkhitaryan doing it, and then Giroud did it, and everyone's doing it. I think it's one of those things we we'll, we we'll, we'll see again. I think hammer fists are things that are meant to come who, who said it some one of the fighters tweeted that some coach told her the only way to throw fi- uh, strikes from the bottom that you'll get any power with is hammer fists so you know it's, I just want more kicks to the body mm. why are people kicking people in the body uh, yeah. when they're say when you when you get a, a guy in turtle position do you know like yeah. uh, a guy kind of goes onto his back and people start trying to hit their arms as yeah. you were going to say earlier Sage did but, it yeah yeah he did, he did it yeah but it seems to be something people aren't using a lot. Like, you could take a fucking serious kick at someone's ribs in that situation, and nobody seems to ever do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're something bu- Owen, Ruddy, Owen Ruddy's been talking about a lot with me as well. I think that's something that we will see from more of his guys. Like, he doesn't think the body's 
worked half as much as it should be in, in ground situations and I'd like to see someone doing that a bit more your boy Luke Thomas loves him as well he's always on about uh, knees to the knees to the body of the ground opponent uh, but here before we before we, we leave this obviously you mentioned Volkanovski had a very good um, uh, display against uh, Darren Elkins and obviously a bad loss for Darren Elkins there. but what about Katzengano as well came back uh, here lost her last fight after a good bit out Marion Renault she, like I know look it was a bit of a shy fight like it was a shy fight but this this division, you know, Nunes has ran through it so much and she might be going fighting Cyborg now. It, like, is there a position here? Katzengano's beat Nunes. If she can go in, maybe get another win, she could put herself right up there towards title contention, even though she hasn't that many wins recently. You know, that's a big possibility, isn't it? Yeah, it is, but I'm just not excited about it. Yeah. Like, I mean, that, that fight the other day, and I was saying fair play to her. She's come back and she's, you know, she she uh, she looked good. She, she looked fine. You know, uh, her wrestling looked very good. Her takedowns, I think she got like six takedowns in the first two rounds. Um, and, you know, she kind of had to watch her P's and Q's and Ronaldo's guard, but it wasn't a, like, oh, my God, Katzengano. You know what I mean? We ain't going, oh, Jesus Christ. You know, um, Amanda's in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, it's a... Uh, like as far as I thought Volkanovski was, I thought he was, you know, he dropped Elkins a few times, which is no mean feat. It's hard to look good against Elkins, and Elkins on a six-fight win streak before that. You know what I mean? That's that's why kind of why I thought that was more so the, an exciting kind of thing to happen for that division. Um, yeah, it's it's great to see her um, back in the win column and back competing, but. She's quite old as well compared to the rest of that division, Kat, isn't she? Yeah, she yeah, she's definitely getting on as well and you know a lot she of She looks she looks older. You yeah. know what I mean? She looks like an older campaigner now when you see her in there, I thought anyway. And Renault, in fairness. Yeah, hundred percent. Alright, let's move on to the Germany card this weekend. Obviously you're you're covering a lot of the beat for MMA fighting of the, the European scene and everything like this. Mauricio Shogun, who ever Santi sitting in the main event, over to share Corey Anderson and a few more fights. Down through the line, you know, we have the likes of uh, Tybora against Stefan Struve, Marty Gacy's back on this card, and your boy Nick Hine, who seems to always be on these these cards, Emil Mech, and a few more. What do you think of this card overall? You know, yeah, not great, is it? No, it's, and, and I mean, two massive casualties as well. Um, Teixeira, Latifi, uh, and who was it? Uh, Shogun was meant to fight. Uh, Odzamir, wasn't it? Yeah, like that, I thought they were two great fights. Um, mm. And the wall has been pulled once again. So yeah. now we have Rua, Anthony Smith, and Glover Teixeira and Anderson. And it's fine, don't get me wrong, but it's just, I don't really care about it. I think the, the best fights on the card are like probably DK, say, Hackbrast. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a very good fight. And and uh, I'm looking forward to see Emil Meekin there again, but uh, that's really it. It's not, it's not a brilliant card. And, you know, I have a feeling that there's not a lot of media interest in the card because there's no open workouts and which this really shocked me at the media day they don't have Meek one of the most followed fighters on that card or the Akase uh, scheduled to do any interviews that week mm -hmm. I think that's bizarre are you, are you heading over? yeah I'm going towards it fucking plenty of beer so over in uh, <laughs> over in Germany but yeah it's like just looking at who you're going to interview like it really isn't that much Anthony Smith might be a good interview yeah, after that then it's, it's, a bit, it's a bit weird but will, he, like, will he talk to me because I know he has previous with Niall McGrath on Twitter doesn't he does he why what happened with Niall McGrath I don't know maybe it wasn't him I, I thought it was uh, him and Niall had got into a got into a back and forth before really god I don't know but <laughs> Niall has gotten to back and forth with loads of people remember just like Mindy from Man City <laughs> Niall McGrath got into Twitter before a World Cup winner now he's so he's so bad <laughs> 
<laughs> just see him uh, just see him pictures yesterday of him, himself with some some girl when she was about 13 and he was about you know 44 and he would big long hair and everything fuck's sake no Jesus way. Christ yeah oh, woman was it? I don't know just some random one she looked like Ellie from uh, Love Island have you been watching Love Island no, I haven't. Oh, come, come on. What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? <laughs> I, I think it's so funny. Everyone's giving out shit about it, and then everybody in the world is watching it. <laughs> I love it. I'm not giving out about it at all. But yeah, everyone everyone does watch it. It's just a talking point. Every time you go out in the beer now, are you watching Love Island? Yeah, me too. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, but, uh, no, I don't know. <laughs> maybe, maybe my mates are talking about it when I'm not around. They probably are. But... Yeah, they probably are. Just um, thinking you're too hard no. for them. But uh, I, I this, fight, this fight anyway, like, I think Anthony Spit will probably beat Shogun just because he hits so hard like I think Shogun is better technique I think he's a better fighter than Anthony Smith but for a five round fight I find it very hard not to see Shogun taking a couple of big shots and getting put out to be honest I know he's he's on a good role recently he's he's still a very good fighter you know I think people maybe underestimate Shogun a little bit because he's been around so long he's taken a lot of damage but he is still relatively young uh, but I think Anthony Smith will win that one. I think Glover Teixeira will beat Corey Anderson as well I think Glover is just very very well rounded I think he's one of the best you know, the best fighters in light heavyweight is just that there's guys that are a lot better than him, but I don't think uh, Corey Anderson is one of those. Like, I think they could actually be two relatively good fights, maybe the comment of it, not so much, but I think Anthony Smith will probably get a heavy knockout or it will be there'll be a lot of heavy shots landed anyway. I could see that being a really good fight, the, the Shogun fight. Yeah, I'm actually really excited to see uh, Shogun again because I haven't watched him live since UFC Dublin in uh, 2009. So I can't wait to see uh, him back in action. And obviously, uh, Daniel Cormier is talking about a uh, potential showdown with Shogun. Um, so that's that's interesting, I guess. That's definitely a question that will be asked an awful lot next week, I, I'd say. Yeah. Ridiculous. Like, it's, uh, I don't know. You know what I mean? It's, it, would that surprise you, by the way? Uh, DC talk, is DC yeah. talking about that because Gustafsson... Uh, kind of choose some shade. Do you think that's what he's kind of talking about? I, I honestly don't know why DC's talking about. It. I can't see DC ever making two or five again. You know, he was he barely made it before when he was cutting barely down made to heavyweight it. There, <laughs> exactly. It's bizarre. Yeah, <laughs> he's, I can't see it either. He's, a, he's after putting on fifty pounds and he thinks he's gonna. <laughs> he broke his hand and he's gonna. He's telling people he's gonna make light heavyweight in two months. Times like, what? What's what's going on here? Like, what? I mean, what's this with this fake retirement as well? Will you get like people are believing this shit? What the fuck is going on? Like he's not going to retire. Will people just get over that? Oh, he's going to retire when he's forty. No, he's not. Let's be honest here. Brock Lesnar will fight whenever he wants. If Brock Lesnar says he wants to fight in May. Daniel Cormier will fight him in May. If John Jones comes back, if he gets a suspension and he's back in June or July, Daniel Cormier is going to fight him next August. Let's be fucking honest here. Come on. I know Daniel Cormier is a nice guy and he's a believable guy and everything, and he's a lovely guy. I I agree with that. But come on. How many times has this happened before? You know, David Hayes said he was going to retire when he was 30 and fucking 12 years later, he just retired there last week and he'd probably still come back. Like, come on. Are you with me on this? If, if, oh, 100%. I mean, never. Like, can we just never ever talk about anyone in combat sports retiring? Like, mm-hmm. it's all, they're all bullshitters. Like, they're absolutely, it's, it's literally always a leverage point for contract negotiations or just a way to keep their name in the headlines. Like, I mean, some people retire, like, sometimes I get messages off people's managers saying, like, so-and-so is retired, and, and the person hasn't, like, fought in five years. You're like, what, why are you doing this so people will kind of get their name back in circulation again? I, I don't understand it. Um, I think, what's he saying, March next year? I, I completely yeah. agree with you. If there's money on the table, he's out nowhere. Like, mm-hmm. Why would he? Yeah, 100%. Well, I suppose... Well, no, there's so much of that shit, though, in yeah, Like, I mean, there's... how many reports have you seen over the last month saying... Khabib and, and Connor is gonna happen. It's imminent. It's imminent. It's imminent. Oh my god, man! Every day, yeah, it's... you see that shit. Like nothing's happening. Yeah, you know what I mean? Right. It's 
I just it's it's crazy how how the people can get themselves into a tizzy over this kind of thing. Like mm -hmm. I've literally watched some media members the last few weeks. Like, oh, it's gonna have to be today. It's gonna have to be today. Really? They're announced today. Oh, unbelievable. Jeez. Yeah. So it's. Like, yeah, we, we that, get to, that's, been, that's been the thing that's annoying me more than anything at the moment, yeah. to be we, honest. We get to Connor in uh, in a few minutes. Stuff, but just last thing, now that we mentioned DC and we were on this card, <laughs> like, what's what did you think of the whole Brock Lesnar DC the push and match the the, the same, same thing as Chad Mendes finish. I just saw it, didn't think anything of it. And then uh, then Noel McGrath started texting me going, "Fucking bad, what the fuck?" And I was like, <laughs> what, "What's going on?" And he's like, "What happened? What the hell was that?" And I was like, "What? What do you mean?" Like yeah. I didn't, I didn't have a clue, and I was like, oh. then I went on Twitter and you see everyone jumping up and down, yeah. which is so strange for MMA because mm -hmm. nobody ever overreacts in this sport. Yeah, <laughs> right. MMA is a sport where people spend a year complaining that we don't have stars and that we don't have any promotion and everything and then these two stars come up against each other and they do a bit of promotion in the cage and everyone cries and bitches I about it. I literally didn't think anything of that. Like, it was I great. finished my, finished my, finished my report. You know, made sure that was right at the top of it because, you know, it was, it was a big, huge moment. Obviously, Brock Lesnar and, and Daniel Cormier. And it got on with my life. Yeah. Um, it's interesting to see actual fighters getting annoyed about this, though. That's that's the one thing I thought was kind of interesting. Like, uh, what like what do they think this is now? Like, there was definitely a stage there, I think, 2015, 2016, just before the sale, it seemed like, the UFC were trying to make MMA as legitimate as possible. But since the sale has happened, we have no evidence to suggest that's the way they're going with this anymore. Other than USADA, I mean, there's nothing to suggest that's the way they're going with it anymore. And it's not the way MMA has typically gone in the past. So, no, it's, it's not nothing that really blew me away. I don't know. I think it was a brief period of time where they were trying to go like pure 100% like legitimate sport. <clears throat> Did you actually feel that that was just before they sold? Yeah, they exactly. Yeah. That, that was it. Yeah, we talked about it loads of times. I think me and you have even talked about it on podcasts before like that. They did it, the, the whole uniforms and everything just to sell the company. Like before, like people need to remember like Tito Ortiz, Ken Shamrock, you know, throwing fucking chairs at each other. They need to remember James They also Tony. need to remember like Tyson Fury getting into a ring with Deontay Wilder and singing a song. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's like, it's happened. Like, this is combat sports. It's yeah. not just MMA. Uh, you know, Chris Eubank used to drive to the fucking ring on a Harley Davidson, like mm -hmm. before the Undertaker, way before him. Yeah. Like so, it's just I don't know. It, it's it's like I didn't find it embarrassing. Um, you well, know, thing, why, why are people getting mad though? Why are people getting mad? It's a bit of crack. Like it's just I don't understand why people get so mad. Like what's wrong? Is this gonna kill the sport? Like why are people? Why do people hate a bit of fun? Like, why? I don't, I really don't understand this. I, I honestly, like, why would you look at that and go, oh, this is disgraceful, this is terrible for the sport. Because that's the generation we live in. The liberals yeah. are the Nazis and they yeah, tell us yeah. how, that we're all that's upset true. about everything. That's just the way it is these days, I think. Yeah. And I, I think as well, it's a very, very small minority. And it is a small minority because we know how many people are going to buy this card. You know, we know how many people absolutely love that. There's a reason why you put it at the top of your report because people want to click it and want to, you know, want yeah. to like it and everything like that. That's the reason why that was probably the most watched video on the UFC over the last fucking month or whatever because people want to see that you know and 
God, it's, it's, it didn't hurt anyone, nobody. Like, I've always maintained that it should be a sport inside the cage when the fight starts. When Mark Goddard claps his hands, that's a sport. When he stops the fight, it's a, you know, before that, it's a sport. After that, it's entertainment. You know, you have to sing for your supper, but, you know, you have to fight for your dinner. That, I, I, think, I really think that's that's a thing in in, uh, in MMA. And, it, you know, it always has been. And people saying, oh, they're changing, you know, endeavours, change the sport, it's becoming WWE. Bull fucking shit. Ken Shamrock was fighting in the UFC 20 years ago. What the fuck are you talking about? Like, come on. Yeah. Get over. Well, like, I mean, it's not like all the other sports are fantastic. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. look, at, look at the the ballerinas playing football, jumping all over the place every time, like, a pebble hits their leg. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's every every part. You're going to have parts of every sport that you don't agree with. Like, that's yeah. just the way it is. 100%. 100%. All right. Let's uh, move on to a bit of uh, Irish. I mean, we, we tease it at the, the top of the show. And I suppose the big... Uh, Irish MMA happening over the weekend was Will Flory uh, had his Bellator debut and he he lost in 1 minute 39 seconds I believe um, he, there was a bit of an exchange at the start Will Flory got a takedown then he was on top for maybe a minute or so got back up and his opponent hit him uh, right over the top with a big right hand and he finished him with a couple of shots in on the ground uh, tough night for Will Flory wasn't it? yeah um you know, I, I talked to him in the week leading up to the fight and he felt like he was really, you know, motivated to go in there and make a big splash. Unfortunately, it didn't go his way, but you've got to look at the other side of the, the card, the other side of the coin here. You know, as motivated as I thought Will was, the, the, he's going up against an unbeaten guy who has the exact same opportunity mm-hmm. as he does and it's um, it's a huge moment for both of their careers. Um, I think, you know, it, it feels like, you know, I've talked about this for a long time. Um, I've certainly been very, I've had a very strong line in it it's a problem when guys are like far and out and they're being inside of these big promotions. That's, that's everything's happening very quickly there. Yeah. You know, we're I don't know why this is happening, but we have guys that are three and oh, four and oh in Ireland talking about going to the UFC. They're not ready to go to the UFC and nor have they proven that they're ready to go to the UFC. Yeah. And it's very difficult with the current situation in Ireland. Like, I mean, People won't remember this, but there used to be, you know, three, three, four events a month, maybe in Ireland. You know what I mean? There was so much room to uh, hone your craft. Um, you know, before Connor got signed, like there was a massive movement here. You know, when you look back at the situations we had, we had guys at the top of nearly every, every uh, weight division in, in Europe. You know, they were all on the cusp. It just doesn't feel like that anymore, and it's, uh, it's getting harder and harder for Ireland to prove to, uh, to, to kind of mix it with those. Uh, other, na- other nations in terms of prospects and stuff because the uh, the grassroots at a grassroots level like there's barely anything going on at all mm-hmm. for uh, fledgling professionals in Ireland and it's a very difficult situation especially like for someone like Will like he's nearly fought everyone that's available you know what I mean like it's like right so what's next you have to go up and take a massive step up in competition mm-hmm. you know that's just the way it is um, and I don't think we have back back you know 2013 2014 Cage Warriors was and remains for me as the best place to nurture talent they seem to be able to build talent right up until that level that ufc level and then they don't kind of hang on to their fighters if they want to go they can go and um i really don't feel like we have especially irish fighters don't seem to be kind of have that path as much as they used to you know and maybe carl moore we see it with him um and maybe might see it with other prospects in the future but certainly that 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 feels like it's still for me the way to go. It's not the same money as you're going to be getting for like Bellator and, and stuff like that, but it's definitely going to be the best steady rise to the top, and you have a chance to really grow your name under that banner. I think. Yeah, I agree. Like 
I was talking to, to Richard Coyley about this before on, on the podcast and I'm talking about that Bam as well. Like people try to take Conor McGregor's lead all the time in Irish MMA and obviously that's natural because he's the you know the biggest star and the you know the first real guy that, that broke through. But Conor McGregor had fourteen fights before he got to the UFC. And like people I think need to look at that path more than the path of this multi millionaire flying around the private jets like <laughs> you know and Yeah, but the media are guilty of it as well. Like I, yeah. I see media members saying, Oh, let's get Kiefer to the UFC and stuff mm-hmm. and you're like, What are you talking No, he's not re- like that's that's the like, yes, he might be one day uh, you know, good enough to fight in the UFC, but to take a guy who's far and out now, I think he was whose biggest test has been against a two and one guy. Mm-hmm. And let's put him in the UFC. That's so short-sighted. Like, yeah. it's not like to, to for a guy like Kiefer. Like, he is his life. Is like you know, this is his what's going to be his life for the next 10, 15 years. For him to do that would just make no sense for me. Yeah. That would be such a stupid thing to do. Yeah. But um, <laughs> and I think the media guys are are constantly doing it in Ireland. Mm-hmm. Like where every time someone is three and four and oh, this guy is ready. This guy is ready. I've been guilty of it in the past. Me too, yeah. I, think, I think I've talked um uh, like from guys when they were coming from amateur to pro. Uh, because I've watched these guys' whole careers, and you know, as outstanding as they were as amateurs, that does not necessarily mean they're going to be brilliant professionals either. Like yeah. I've made that mistake many years ago, um, you know, and and you kind of realise that you're putting a, a massive spotlight on a person who's still learning everything about the the fight game. But um, yeah, I think it's uh, it's an interesting trend that we've seen develop in Ireland, where a lot of guys three, four, and now thinking. Let's let's get to the UFC and, and everyone seems to think that's the right way to go and I really don't and I think someone like Will can still be having a brilliant career I think mm-hmm. but it's just it's just that gap we don't seem to be able to bridge that gap uh, as well as we used to from going from European level to world level yeah yeah and it, look I, I definitely think it is because of the the experience levels and I like I remember when James Gallagher got signed to Bellator and I was saying okay he's ready. To, to you know because Bellator I think can nurture talent a little oh, bit as well brilliant, brilliant. But, and Very I said it, yeah, and I said he's he's ready for like the lower levels of Bellator or whatever give him 10 fights and then he might be re- ready for the higher levels of Bellator you know move him move him up gradually and like people let the head off me people were like tagging him and I think he said something to Dennis and he's like oh, I'm ready and like what I'm not saying this is useless, like, you know, I'm not saying he's useless. I'm saying that he could be very good and he won't be very good if you try him in against fucking, you know, Pitbull after his third fight. Like, that's just, I think yeah. that's just logical, like, and I think people need to realise that as well. We, we need to realise that it. definitely, it's, it's definitely a, a different experience for us because it's, obviously, it's a kind of a, a change in the mentality and all now. But, well, like, you were saying there, it's the shows, you know, it's harder to put on shows and everything. Like, what's the update with that? Like, is is this, how much is it costing people to put on shows? What's the crack with our uh, MMA know, becoming a sport? Irish MMA. I know. Yeah, you right. should be Come telling on. me. You're you're in the know. You're above there in Dublin talking to fucking <laughs> professors and trainers and everything. Come on, tell us what's going on. I I I don't know anything. Like yeah. I mean, Emma haven't been good. Uh, they haven't really been full of contact informing us on the situation. Uh, not that they are obliged to do that, but like it's, it feels like nobody really knows what's going on here. Um, I think there's only two venues in Dublin that can host MMA shows now in, in terms of insurance. Um, so that's like the three arena and I think the right venue, someone told me. I don't even know if this is true. Like this is just so... Um, basically, you know, everyone's had trouble coming here now. Uh, Promotion-wise, like, you know, everybody's had last-minute withdrawals. The, the regulations are, are very stringent, uh, more stringent than anywhere else in the world. Um, it's going to cost you more money yeah, to put on these shows because the promoters have to pay for scans and all this stuff and, and bloods and and then they pay for all this stuff and then at the last minute they could have a fight pulled. It's just, 
it's very very tricky and and i guess it's this was bound to happen after what happened with joe carvalho but mm -hmm. you know there's definitely two fields of thought in this is it is it, is it a good thing or is it a bad thing and you know, I think both sides have, has, have arguments at this stage. Yeah, I agree. And it, you know, it's obviously an interesting time with Irish combat sports in general, with the whole boxing scene as well. It's basically impossible to put on the card. I know there was one card at boxing card at the weekend, but I think it was in like a sports hall or something. It's basically impossible to put on boxing cards here as well. It's just it seems to be a, a very weird time for uh, for Irish combat sports and all. But I suppose when we're talking about Irish combat sports, we we can't leave out Ireland's most famous boxer and mixed martial artist Conor McGregor. What do you think is going to be the crack room? You know, you you mentioned there about Habib being, people thinking about this being imminent. He is this court case coming up again here in, the, I suppose, the next couple of weeks, I suppose. is it? What, what's, what's your crack? What do you think is going to happen with McGregor? Yeah, I guess he's going to fight Khabib. Like, you yeah. know, it's, um, that's what seems to be happening. Uh, but I doubt we're going to hear anything about this until the court situation is sorted out. Mm -hmm. um, so it's, yeah, I, I mean, I think he's taking a lot of time off. Um if he came back and won that fight, it would be one of the one of the greatest feats of his career, I believe. Um, because I for one, I can't imagine that two years out, not having not really been training in MMA that much, uh, is gonna fare well for him. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, two years off to give your head a break um, isn't too bad either. I guess it'll just be a year, um, really, since Maymac. But I mean, still, it's I don't think it's it's. Uh, He's a man that's made an awful lot of money, a man that doesn't really need to fight for money anymore. So, you know, it's it's purely selfish. Uh, we want we want to see the best Conor McGregor in there. I, I think at his best, one of the greatest fighters uh, we've ever seen. So, do I think we'll see that guy again? I think it's going to be very difficult. I think I, I doubt it. I think uh, I, I'd love to I'd love to see um, you know a completely fit Conor McGregor doing his. Uh, fighting to the best of his ability again but it just feels like uh, after so long on the sidelines it's going to be very hard to do that yeah with McGregor I think it's kind of it, it's it's weird because there's it's a two a two-sided coin because he has done what you want fighters to do you know he has got to the top yeah. and he's made all the money in the world but he's also only had one fight in the UFC at his natural weight and that feels like a bit of a shame you know but as you said and I've, I've said it before as well and myself and Graham are talking about he's you know, he is one of the greatest fighters we've ever seen in MMA. An absolute, you know, generational talent to, to steal an American phrase. And to only see him fight once. You know, that Eddie Alvarez fight was literally the only fight he's had in the UFC in his natural weight class. It was unbelievable. And, you know, that's a shame. Like, you know, he's he turned 30 there the other day. Happy birthday, Connor, if you're listening, you probably are. Uh, <laughs> and uh, it's like uh, Mr. Podjas there last week. Has, has he wasted his best years? <laughs> it's difficult to say. Like, if you're talking about a totally sporting... Uh, con concept or whatever he pro you know he probably hasn't wasted a couple of his you know his prime years but if you're talking about you know prize fighting which this is he hasn't because he's made more money than probably anyone in the history of him. well definitely anyone in the history of MMA uh, so you know it depends what your what your outlook is and I think you know McGregor's probably a bit of, a bit a bit of both and that's why he's talking about the comeback and that's why you know I've always thought the GSP fight was the one that makes more sense because I think that satisfies two. I think that's a brilliant fight. Uh, and I think it's, it makes him more money than any other fight. But then Habib, after this whole Dolly thing and the whole Artem situation and all, I think that makes uh, you know makes more sense now. I think there's a lot of money to be made out of that as well. So, look, we'll, we'll see what's uh, what's going to happen, I suppose. But what, so, what do you think you're going to see from Conor McGregor when he comes back? Because he's inevitably going to come back at this stage. I'd say it's, it's, it's yeah. nearly a guarantee. Um, but... 
you know, it's just the time that we're kind of we don't know about. Um, what do you expect him to be? I don't know. I, 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 I just think he used to was yeah. all like his whole career is based on being on the cutting edge, and he hasn't been fighting. Yeah, hasn't really been training. The gym's not doing great outside of um, you know, since he's since his absence, the SPG isn't doing all that great on the world world scene either. So it's like the cutting edge. I feel is uh, something that has always been really important for Connor, and it, I, I just doubt that he, you know, in my head, like he could be, like I could be wrong. But it just feels like for a guy that's been missing for this long, I doubt that's going to be there. Yeah, like and especially when you're coming in against Habib, a guy who was maybe in a little bit of a similar situation because of injuries, but now he's come back and he's you know he's at the very top of his game. Like, can McGregor come back and be at the top of his game? He can't. Like, but he can he be good enough to beat Habib? Maybe I I definitely fancy Habib in that fight. But like, it just seems that Conor McGregor is the lever for the whole of MMA, you know, for worldwide MMA and for Irish MMA. It seems like we're at a point where we're just on, not a downward spiral, but we're just evening out, you know, our levels are even and we can't get up or, or you know, for anything these days hardly. Even, you know, even, was, I think Dave Meltzer said 380,000 boys for that UFC card a couple of weeks ago with the, the big fight now. Like, that's absolutely not, like, if McGregor came back and it'd give the world of MMA a boost, it'd give Irish MMA a boost, you know, the scene over here, I think, you know, with him coming back, there'd be people talking about it nationally and everything. And Like, I, you know, for, as you said, for selfish reasons, I hope he does come back. I think the sport needs it. We need it. Come on. I need, I need, uh, I need more money. Come back, McGregor. Let's, let's do it. We'll have more Patreon uh, people signing up if he comes back. Definitely because here is talking shit about it. He's going to do the interview, yeah? Oh yeah, no bother. We'll just I'll just give a ring. I'll DM him there, ask him, get him on. But uh, <laughs> there you go. All right, let's let's move on here to a few questions before we wrap things up. Um, Patreon.com forward slash severe podcast. PC will be over there probably in another few weeks again when I run out of people to to get on. So, uh, all right, here's the first question from Jack over on Patreon. Do you think with Connor being in Russia, that means Habib fight will be in Russia? Oh, no. No, that's not going to happen. Although Putin, did you see that video with Putin? Putin kind of like, oh, you're going to come over and fight in Russia or something? And Connor was like, yeah, well, no bother. So, I don't know. If Putin throws a couple of hundred million at him, maybe. Yeah. But no, that's... that's not, no, I think the only thing it's probably safe to say is it's not going to be in New York. Really? How come? Oh, because of the... Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whoa, Dolly, Dolly just threw into my mind there. I just remembered. Uh, Bigger Nelson. DC is obviously not going back to light heavyweight. Do you think Gustafsson, if he beats Vulcan versus Yoel Romero, is next for the title? How do you see that fight going? What do you think about that, PZ? Gustafsson, Jay, Gustafsson. Say that again. That was very hard. There was a lot of names there. Go on. Do that one again. If Gustafsson Alec beats Vulcan Odzimir, do you think he fights Yoel Romero for the title next? Oh, Jesus. I don't know. I mean, Yoel Romero for the title and DC is a heavyweight champion. Very hard to, uh, you know, it could happen because mm. fucking titles means absolutely nothing in this sport. But um, oh, I, I don't know. I, li I like the matchup for Yoel, though. Um, uh, light heavyweight, I definitely want to see him there. I'd love to see Yoel Romero and DC at light heavyweight or uh, a catchweight of te uh, 210 pounds after DC misses the weight. Mm -hmm. But um, And Yoel misses as well. Yeah, just yeah, just do it at two twenty pounds. You know what I mean? Let's go. Yeah, um, but I uh, yeah, I guess it is a possibility at this stage, isn't it? Yeah, one hundred percent. Uh yeah, like I'd like to, I'd like to see Yoel versus I'd way rather see Yoel versus DC than Shogun versus DC. But I don't think uh, DC is making two or five against Wigan. Forget about that. I I put but over. It would be yeah. like the the I saw Danny Scourtango and yeah, maybe it would be the most MMA thing of all time for like 
Shogun Ru with the BDZ then, wouldn't it? Like, it actually would, yeah. It was just it like, was. what the <laughs> fuck is going on here? <laughs> Some, KO's in 10 seconds. Yeah. Something like that. What, what was it? Was, was Nate Diaz? Like, well, I suppose a little bit different, but Nate Diaz knocking out Conor McGregor, that was our, yeah, well, not choking him out, sorry. That was the yeah. most MMA thing of all time, and then knocked him down and choked him out. But yeah, it, was, it was just weird. Uh, I put it over on Instagram as well, looking for questions, and I got two, the two questions I got, how many points will Limerick win the All-Ireland by? And the next one was, what score will Limerick lose in the semis by? So... Jesus. Limerick going to win the All-Ireland this year. I can feel it. I said it to you before the game, didn't I? The other day, we were actually talking... You say it to me every year, yeah, though, don't you? Yeah, I do, yeah. We, were t- <laughs> <laughs> we, we had an unbelievable slagging match there the other day, didn't we? On fucking yeah, Instagram. It was great. Well, it was daily as well. Yeah, it was really, yeah. just daily, yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, let's get into the Twitter questions here, and we'll have another uh, few minutes before we, we get out of here. M. McLean asks, wouldn't mind seeing Gaethje versus Elkins a lightweight someday. What do you think of that, Pete? <laughs> Jesus Christ, some people just want to watch the world burn, don't they? Oh, I want to see that fight. Make it happen. (laughs) I think. All over the fucking place there. I think Elkins versus Diego Sanchez is the fight to make. Let's make that happen. Jesus Christ, it's like a snuff film or something. Mm. Uh, (laughs) That's my my sort of shit. Like, I love that. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, Brad Wharton asks Given that sumo is the true combat sport of kings, when will Severe MS start covering it? And who is your pick for J- July bash off? Pizza, you're, you're a sumo expert here. Tell us. We're, we're looking at options actually at the moment because uh, the lack of MMA, we're going to have to start yeah. doing something. We're going to have to start getting creative soon. So uh, don't be surprised to see that in the future. I might be able to compete. I have the size for it, I have the physique. I just need a nappy big enough to, to fit. And then, uh, uh, then I'd I'm love in. to just go over and live with one of our boys and just have dinner with them every day. Do you ever exactly. see them fucking tables of food there? Yeah. Unbelievable. Oh. Saki bombs all day. What, what oh. you think? Actually, what do you think of Gokan Saki last week? Uh, how, like, how do people still think Gokan Saki is good at MMA? Like, he's absolutely rubbish. It's uh, yeah. It was, it was like I was. I was happy to propel belief because it was kind of funny, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I just, <laughs> but it's um, that was bad. And now the rock is like the decision. Yeah, what the fuck is that? The most bizarre. They must be wrote CAA, are they? I don't know. And man. it's like they were like, "Oh, that guy's fighting this week. Say his name as much as you possibly can." He gets starched in the meantime, <laughs> and the rock is still going. Oh, don't! I'd hate to fight Go <laughs> You probably drop him with a fucking He's rock bottom, lad. He's an awesome yeah, he's a good skin though, uh, Saki. Like kickboxing legend, you know what I mean? It's yeah. just footboxing. It's just it's like let's start respecting this a bit more. You know what I mean? You can't just float in from anywhere and oh. become uh, heavyweight champion, I suppose. But uh, no heavyweight champion. But that's that's the crack. It was a, uh, and it's funny that like you know Roundtree didn't even have to kind of push him out of his comfort zone. Like he yeah. KO'd him in his wheelhouse. You know what I mean? So it's like, all right. Hold on. The best thing about this though, it led to maybe <laughs> the funniest. Uh, uh, social media exchange in the history between uh, Brendan Schaub and Dana Hoyt. <laughs> Did uh, you see that? I had to Google, I had Me to too. Google what it was. I had no idea like, what it was. Oh, so uncool. Yeah, I, I had to Google that. And yeah. then I was like, holy shit. Like, and then I was looking. So we obviously he's uh, suggesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, are we allowed to say what he's suggesting here? Well, uh, well, why not? I think everyone has said it. I think we know. Like, okay, what well, Eskimo Brothers is, you have. Um, Two, two lads have slept with the same woman, right? So who's you? Who, like, can you name a woman that either guy have slept with that you know definitively? A woman that I we know. know. Brendan Schaub has had uh, has been going out with Ronda Rousey, yeah. so you'd I, imagine that they had 
you know, intercourse yeah. at some stage. Yeah, I don't know who Dana White's wife is. I don't know any girlfriends of Dana White. I don't know who Brennan no. Schaub's wife is or girlfriend or whatever. So yeah, Ronda Rousey is the only one. So is that what he's it's insinuating? The only person I know that either of them guys have, have been with. You Whoa! Know I mean? Oh yeah, okay, I get you. Yeah, Brendan Schaub has definitely been with him. So yeah, but... Dana White was quieting after that one, wasn't he? <laughs> he, was, he was fairly quiet after that. So it, was... it was good to see someone putting him in his box, to it be was, honest. Yeah. It was pretty funny, in fairness. It was. But, uh, and I'm yeah. not the biggest Brandon Schaub fan in the world. Me but neither. Yeah. yeah, it was good to see um, someone putting him in his box. And, uh, yeah, it's... Yeah, I mean, it's it's MMA, isn't it? it is <laughs> it's MMA. very MMA. It is it's, MMA. Uh, I, I'm actually... But it's worked in the sense that I can't wait to watch Brendan Schaub's next podcast, and I wouldn't usually. Yeah, let's do it. But um, it was smart. I suppose McGregor did a, a similar enough thing by going over to and Cavo asked here Wayne Kavanagh did Conor make the best mind game chess mind game move ever by going to Russia? Like, what did you think of that? Going to Russia did the whole? I, I know he went for the soccer match. People look into this shit way too much. Like, what are you talking? What's everyone talking about? Like. He got invited to Russia to watch the World Cup final. Any yeah. man in the world is getting on that plane. That's true. What should he well, give what him? Was the, what was the mind game? Sorry, everyone talking about. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. He just him being in Russia. They, you know, they fucking think he's David Blaine or something. Do yeah. they? Like, I mean, thirty-year-old <laughs> man gets asked, does he want to go and sit in Triple A at the World Cup final? Oh, he's such a genius. What's what's he telling us this time? Ridiculous. <laughs> fucking relax, lads. Jesus Christ. What do you think of him Man standing for a... Uh, fucking football match. It's a fact. What do you think about him standing for a picture with Putin? I don't give a bollocks. Yeah. Like, this, someone was on to me yesterday, yeah, someone quite close to the team, giving out about this. And I was like, would you be would you be texting me like this if he did this with Obama? And he was like, no. And I was like, what, like, how do you... How do you, like, why... I don't know, like, any of them politicians are all the same to me. I don't give a shit, like, you know what I mean? It doesn't offend me, it doesn't, it's like, yeah, whatever, there's two rich dudes taking a picture together. You know what I mean? That's, that's, that's basically it. I don't, yeah. I don't get this. Everyone's just so offended these days, and I just, I, I'm afraid to go outside. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, I'm, I'm kind of in between on it, because I, I think the biggest problem is you should be offended if he's with Putin, or you should be offended if he's with Trump, or if he's with Obama, or whoever. Like, I think they're all fucking crooks, to be honest. You know, that's and I think, that's yeah. exactly what I'm saying. Like, it, it doesn't... I, I'm not offended by it in the slightest. I yeah. couldn't give less of a shit. Me he's probably either. been invited there by Putin to watch the game. It would have probably been incredibly disrespectful to come over there and, um, you know, allow, allow like, to take all this stuff that they've given them, and it's uh, this opportunity to watch the biggest sport and spectacle in the world. Yeah. And then to leave without taking a picture with the guy or shaking his hand is a bit is a bit rude, no? Yeah, yeah, but still, Conor McGregor is someone who's well who like put his name behind the marriage equality referendum and stuff. So we, I think it's fair enough to talk so about things like that. He should have went in and said, "Hang on." This is great and all, but we need to talk about gays. Yeah, but should he have not gone because of that? Like, if he if it's something he believes in and he's willing to put his name behind, like, the, the treatment of gay people in Russia has been absolutely terrible by Putin and, you know, his oligarchs and all that. Like, is that something, like, is that not a bit... Should FIFA have put on the tournament there, then? Probably not, no. Well, <laughs> you know? I mean, what are we doing, like, you know? What exactly. Are we talking about? Like, yeah, but we're talking about Conor McGregor, that's all. And he's, like, he's, if he wanted to get political... You know, I think it's fair to talk about him politically when he does a thing like this as well. You know, we t- I think we talked about him a lot positively when he came out behind the whole marriage referendum and everything. And now that he does this, I think it's fair enough. But, you know, I'm, I'm kind of giving the devil's no, advocate I'd be li- situation. I'd be, lying. I'd be lying to you if I said it, I cared about it. But yeah. um, I don't either. I'm just giving the devil, devil's advocate kind of argument there. But, yeah. I, 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 
I mean, I don't know. I just, I, I don't understand. I mean, maybe, maybe he shouldn't have went then. Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, well. All right, let's move on. Uh, Patrick said, "Do you need? Do you think there needs to be more defined rules when it comes to eye poking, uh, with fight outcomes being influenced? Gunner Stipe, like first warning, two points off. Did you see as well? Actually, in the what fight was it? Elkins. Elkins was caught in a guillotine, and he put his he put his uh, fingers in Volkanovski's eyes to get out of the guillotine. What, what do you think about eye pokes? Do you think there needs to be more defined rules about him? There, there is yeah, more defined yeah, rules. And I, I, and yeah, there is more defined rules, but I find like I'm watching it sometimes, and they aren't calling it. You know what I mean? You're like, yeah. come on, this guy's fingers are way out. Like this is this is crazy. Um, so yeah, I think they probably need to be a bit more defined, and they, I think they're doing a good job of actually kind of like you're far more aware of it now. You know, like people will call it usually very very quickly, but I think it frustrates me when I can see it happening and they aren't calling it. That really pisses me off now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 100%. DC as well last week. He had maybe yeah, the most yes. egregious one since Uriah Faber back in that time. That was that was definitely should have been a point taken off. That was terrible. That was crazy. Man. That was yeah. crazy. No, I completely agree. Like, yeah. I mean, he, he was pawing out the jab with his, with his fingers out the whole time in that fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. couple more questions here, and I'll answer the rest of them over on Patreon. Probably be out Tuesday or something like that, so I'll sign up there. Patreon.com for our testimony <laughs> podcast. Uh, Andy Stevenson, who is better here, Reggie or Niall McGrath? Reggie, of course. Yeah, you saw Reggie's hair this morning, didn't you? I did. Yeah, Reggie's lovely looking boy. Beautiful. Just give me, give me a bit of a head itch there for me when you, uh, when you, when you get him in the round. Farrell Connolly, our boy. Uh, what KSW fighters? PC is a good question for you. Would you like to see in the UFC? And could any of them make a serious title challenge? Oh yeah, I'd say so. Um, there's one guy I'm really excited about over there called Saladin Panas. He, he trains with um, Tom Dukenwa. He's a but uh, no, he's a featherweight, real rangy featherweight. He actually looks like Anderson Silva. He's only twenty. Uh, he's unbeaten, and he just bet. Um, I think he bet Arthur Sawinski in his last fight. Like he's like fifteen and oh, or maybe sorry, I think he's ten and oh, and um, you know, beating experienced guys like that already. He looks like an amazing striker. Really, really fluid. Great to watch. I think he has a massive future. He's a blue chip prospect. Um, I also think uh, Roberto Saldic has a massive future. Um, RoboCop. He's a uh, Croatian. He's a uh, he, he lost recently to uh, Duplessis, but Duplessis is on a serious tear at the moment. So yeah, th- those are two guys I'm, I'm particularly excited about at KSW. And there's there's a lot more than that as well. What's their um, is it strawweight tra- champion Lipsky? Is it is that her name? Ariane Lipsky. Yeah, 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 she's very good. Really good. Yeah, mm-hmm. you you saw her live. You were very high on her after yeah. watching her in Dublin, weren't you? Yeah, and I hope they come back to Dublin as well because that was that was the best show that's ever. Been. Well, apart from UFC Dublin when McGregor fight brand out, that was the best show. That was unbelievable, wasn't it? Just yeah, I, hope they come back I don't it. think they will. Like I think situations just too. You know, they had a few. You know, they had massive eleventh hour issues yeah. in that Dublin show. You know, so it's. I don't think it's like, oh, we have to get back to Dublin. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. That kind of was their own fault, though, with James McSweeney and all, saying that he retired because he said it was fucking fucked up and all. So. Was that not, was not Chris Fields pulled as well? Was Chris Fields pulled as well? No, 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 sorry, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. Yeah. yeah that that's that's why, that's why I missed Irish MMA and OPZ, and you're off swanning over in America, writing about fucking Gok and Saki talking shit and all, so. There you go. So I didn't talk to Gokan Saki <laughs> before this fight. I have no idea. I just wanted to talk to you. <laughs> there you go. Last question. Mister. I think it was Mr. Part someone Who's going to win all the Liam McCarthy and Sam McGuire this year? It's definitely going to be Dublin and Limerick. Like. Let's be honest. That's why the two yeah, of us have this podcast. I'm happy enough with that. Like, yeah. Rebecca Kenny, what else do you want them to do? Like? Exactly. 45 years since we beat Kilkenny. Kilkenny and Kerry both losing the championship in the same day. God help us. God it's shite like I'm actually I'm actually like sick of watching Dublin at this stage. It's not even a contest. Yeah. It's, do you know yeah. what I mean? Like it's 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 actually like 
even in my own group of friends, we used to go to all the games, and it's just not worth the money to go and see them at the moment. Like, it's like you're not actually yeah. seeing a sporting contest. Like, it's... They need to change football as well. Football has just gone absolutely shit. Like, I, th- I think... Oh, but the semis are bollocks, like. Yeah. But even... I'm not looking forward to seeing the Super 8s now, but I watched the match the other day. I just wasn't interested. I was like, yeah. this is... They're winning that. I can't do here. Yeah. Um... It's just I, I like I think they really need to make a rule where you have to have six people in each half at all times and stop with this fucking all out defense and all out attack. You know, it's oh, I hate it so much. Like, oh, I really hate it. And ban the hand pass. <laughs> Get it away! I hate Gaelic football. Thank God we've God's game down Hurland. So yeah, I like watching Hurland. Yeah, when I'm there, I don't like watching Hurland on a TV as really? much as I, like, I, like, I don't. No, I do. I do like watching on TV, but I much prefer if I had a choice and I was in the crowd crowd. Whether it be a hurling game or a, or a, a football game, I'd rather watch hurling. Yeah, will you give me your spare room when Limerick gets the All Ireland final so I can stay that night? Yeah, of course. Yeah, legend, legend. All right, people, uh, Pete's tell people where they can find you. Tell them if you've anything coming out. Then the talking brawls. Who's coming on it this week? Or what, hey, what's the crack? Who hey, knows going on? Uh, Noel just like texts me like five minutes before he wants to do your cardio and says, "Oh, you're doing this." So that's that's about as much as I know about that. So. Yeah, keep posted on that. <laughs> and uh, yeah, you can find all my stuff at mmfighting.com. Pete, at Pete Carroll on uh, Twitter? Oh, on Twitter, Instagram, yes. Indeed. Everywhere like that. All right, Pete, thanks very much uh, for joining me today. You're a lot better than Graham. He's fucking terrible. He's swanning off. Where is he? He's swanning off over in fucking Russia or somewhere. Anyway, Moscow, Moscow. Moscow. We'll Send see him us again. fucking food pictures. They yeah. look fantastic. They did look fantastic. Oh, not as good as mine, though. Not as good. No. I know I know you're a big fan, a fan of my uh, my sausage and noodles there last week, weren't that, you? That pissed me off. <laughs> Alright, that is not the usual standard that we're used to. No, what was your what's your favorite meal that I've posted on Instagram? Oh, you've done a, a, a fair, a, a nice few ones. Like, yeah. you know, Elaine even goes to me, like, if I'm like, oh, Sean, she'd be like, give us a look, let's have a go. My lasagna was, last week was phenomenal, I must say. The sweet, what was that sweet potato sweet lasagna? Sweet potato right? lasagna, yeah, no pasta, just sweet potato. Beautiful. Yeah. Fucking hell. Absolutely beautiful. You got me like the new Greg Lockhart over here. Yeah, I'm telling you, cutting down. Norman Barks always liking my photos and all. I think he's, you know, getting down to and 155. what the hell is going on there, by the way? So I confirmed yeah. last week that he's signed by Bellator and then he's on Instagram yesterday saying he's not signed by Bellator. Oh, really? Well, I don't fucking know. I think, I mean, uh, it was reported from several people um, and the people who were, like, it, it blatantly could be suggested that, you know, Norman Park had, I told these reporters that he had signed for them. I think it was Noel and Jim, you know what I mean? All they right. were both. Like, uh, <laughs> Definitely and, so. And no, it was like they knew how many fights it was for, all this stuff. So, you know, I just got on to Bellator. Like, look, this is, this is being reported. Is this true? Yes, it's true. And now I took some screenshots there this morning because it was on Instagram. He was doing that uh, Ask Me shite that everyone's doing. And he's like, I'm not. It's not official yet. And I'm like, hang on a second, man. What? Yeah. So it could be one of those things as I heard it said. Oh, we want to announce this. It's never this easy and... with Norman Park. Yeah. It's never easy with Norman Park. Yeah, yeah. But it's not because I contacted. They confirmed his signing to me. Oh yeah. Well, I suppose. Yeah. I don't have a clue. Yeah. Weird. Going. Very odd. But your look. These things happen in MMA, and we'll uh, we'll talk about it next time. Thanks very much for joining me, PT. Thanks everyone for listening. patreoncom forward slash podcast and I leave you with the inspirational quote of the week. What the caterpillar calls the end. The rest of the world calls a butterfly. We'll see you next Tuesday. Or Monday. Or Sunday, possibly.